Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and welcome to the 67th ever episode of Aiden on Anchor. Aiden on Anchor is a podcast focusing on my life. I'll tell you a lot about myself and hopefully provide value through experience. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Currently recording this on November 9th, 2020 at 8.14pm, the same day it goes out. We'll probably be out at 9pm, I'm guessing, just depending on however long this episode ends up going. But uh, yeah, needless to say, uh, this was a pretty interesting week. A lot happened. Uh, Last time I talked to you was on November 2nd, and we were a day away from the presidential election. And sure enough, uh, it was about as chaotic and as crazy as I thought it would be. Uh, Again, don't worry, not spending the entire episode on this. But I I just have to say... That man, that was the longest, like, three or four days of my life. Like, seriously, because going into it, I had already kind of known that we probably weren't going to figure out who the winner was the night of. Like, a lot of news stations were saying that due to mail-in ballots and the pandemic, the coronavirus, all that sort of stuff. We weren't really going to know until days later. But we figured, hey, if we're not going to know, we'll at least have an idea uh, a little bit of a lead, a hint, a guess as to who will probably end up winning this thing. And election night came, and I stayed up with Jay the Zoomster, and we streamed for almost, what, like six hours almost? It was an insane amount of time. Shout out to Jay, by the way, because he's been the only other person that I think has been even remotely interested in this kind of stuff, and so it was great having someone to talk to and, and bounce ideas off of and not have to feel like all this was happening and you couldn't control it or you felt so lonely in the moment. But uh, no, Jay was really interested in it. He did his uh, election night stream like he promised. Uh, and that was super fun. Had a blast. We even had Zach on there for a couple of hours during it. And we just sort of talked and talked and talked and talked about all this sort of stuff. And what we ended up seeing that first night anyway was Trump was still ahead for a good portion of the night. But there was a hint that potentially as more of these mail-in votes came in, that it was going to shift the other way. Uh, how much, we didn't really know. How big of a, you know, the shift it would be. But then the next couple of days came out, and we kind of figured that there were going to be a couple of states that ended up deciding this whole thing. Uh, Arizona and Nevada ended up being a key states out west. Uh, the Midwestern states, obviously, those were huge last time. They were huge uh, this time around. We had, that's Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, for anybody who wanted to know. And then we started seeing that even some of these southern states, potentially, were going to end up flipping. Uh, there was a good chance that Texas might have ended up flipping, uh, Georgia could end up flipping, North Carolina could end up flipping, and uh, basically, spoiler alert, Texas and North Carolina probably aren't flipping anytime soon, but the margins are closer than they've ever been, and then Georgia actually has flipped. So that's been insane. And so we saw all these votes. We saw these mail-in ballots coming in. And then, pretty much fast forward to November 7th, my birthday. And I got a little notification on my phone that was like, oh, they've called the race for Joe Biden. So from the 3rd all the way to the 7th, nobody was willing to call it one way or another. Uh, Some states were legitimately close. Others, not as much. And even now, on November 9th, there are still like four or five more states that haven't been called yet. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this has been like the longest election week of my life. Uh, this, this sort of stuff is only supposed to happen in one day, but it's now kind of trickled over into the first week of November. 
But we ended up figuring it out on the 7th. And we ended up seeing that Nevada ended up going to Biden. Arizona is most likely going. Uh, North Carolina probably won't flip. But Biden ended up getting Pennsylvania, which was enough to push him over. So that was interesting. Uh, but the past couple of days after the Halloween crossover ended, this election ended up being a pretty big focus of mine. Just watching it from the side, uh, not really knowing who was going to end up winning. It was exciting, I'll say. Uh, it wasn't a clear winner even from the beginning. And even now, it looks like they're still trying to contest stuff like that. But uh, yeah, just figured I'd go ahead and talk about that. Just sort of give you my perspective on the whole thing, what I ended up seeing as it was going on. Uh, I ended up wanting Biden to win, and he did, but it was closer than I thought it would be, I guess. And uh, there is significant polling error as well, especially in the state of Florida, that kind of made it closer than it probably needed it to be. But hey, what are you going to do? Uh, but now it's over. We won't have to talk about it, at least for another four years. And even then, it'll probably be a pretty boring four years. <laughs> so it's Joe Biden, right? Like the, the man is not going to blow you out of the water with innovative ideas and stuff. You know, he's just probably going to be an average president, maybe middle of the road, right? And Kamala Harris will be there just looking looking natural. Not not hot, but, you know, just kind of all right. She all right looking. Not too fresh whatsoever. Uh, and I guess that kind of transitions a little bit into the next thing I wanted to talk about was there were a lot of conspiracy theories about this entire process as it was going down when it looked like Trump had an early lead and then it kind of shifted more and more to Biden. There was a conspiracy about whether these mail-in ballots were legitimate, lawsuits fired over by the opposite campaign, multiple news stations not feeling uh, solid enough to call a particular state one way or the other. And it just got me thinking that in general, I think I've reached the point in my life where I just don't like conspiracy theories anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong. For several years, they're fun to look at and fun to go down the rabbit hole. But at a certain point, I feel like it consumes enough of your life and enough of your time and outwardly changes your personality and your, uh, you know, your statements on things and stuff like that, that it just as I've gotten older, does not seem to be as cool and as interesting as I thought it was. And I don't know if that's the internet. I don't know if it's the the the, the rapid nature of a lot of them where so many pop up and so many are undisputed and so many are just spread around like rumors through Facebook and Twitter and shit. Because back in, back in my day, <laughs> I don't even really need to say this, but back in my day, when you're talking about like major conspiracy theories... Uh, they're like the JFK one, right? Like who killed JFK? We don't know, right? Uh, life on Earth, right? UFOs, shit like that. That's always a fun conspiracy theory to follow. And then probably the biggest one of my time was 9-11, obviously. What happened? How did those buildings fall down so quickly? And, you know, I'll admit to have gone down looking rabbit holes like that and watching YouTube videos and knowing way too much about construction and how buildings are built and the safeguards that are put into it and all that sort of stuff. So I ended up learning a good bit. Uh, and it does sort of influence a little bit my uh, opinion on uh, especially things like, are, is there life outs outside this universe? And I think there is, right? There's there's life on other planets. There's bacteria on Mars. I, I, I personally don't believe that you know, we're alone. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just me being positive and, and overly enthusiastic, but I don't think we're the only 
form of intelligent life on this planet. I don't think buildings can come down that easy. Uh, but those kind of conspiracies, I think, are at least fun and, and interesting because they don't, like, impact a whole lot of people. Like, the alien thing doesn't really uh, impact anybody that I know. The JFK thing, like, most people who were involved in that have died or are dying. I wasn't even alive for that period of time. And 9-11 obviously affects a lot of people, but it's mostly in that, like, New York area. So it was easy for me to talk about it with my friends in Tennessee who didn't have any sort of affiliation to what went on there. Uh, but nowadays, it just feels like, man, a lot of these conspiracy theories are personal or hit close to home or negatively affect people in the moment. Uh, and it's just sort of turned me off to the idea of conspiracy theories, especially when I just get barraged by so many of them on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube that, that clearly still have an audience and spreads misinformation to people that doesn't need to be a thing. Like the whole 5G thing, right? This, in my opinion, is one of the like key stupid conspiracies of our era. The idea that somehow in these 5G towers you know, for cellular connection, stuff like that, these new impressive speeds. Somehow these towers are spreading cancer or carcinogens or are mind-controlling people. The whole Bill Gates, like, mind-control shit, too, is another one that's, like, really stupid, in my opinion, and comes from, like, a clear lack of understanding how technology works, how progress works, uh, what kind of people these people are, right? So shit like that's pretty stupid, but then you get into the ones that's like, man, Sandy Hook, like, oh, gosh, <laughs> we're talking about like first graders here and, and people are acting like those kids are somehow still alive or that they're actors in this bigger play and shit like that. And it's like, man, those are parents. Those are kids like leave that shit alone. Uh, it does not concern you in any shape or form. But like I feel for people like that. And uh, that's what conspiracy theories end up doing is hurting people who don't deserve it. You know, hurting people and, and actively spreading misinformation one way or the other. And the election was one of those things that gradually turned into this conspiracy theory of, oh, are the votes being counted fairly or not? And we end up seeing that manifest into threats like they literally went down to the Maricopa County Election Office in Arizona with guns, right? Because it's an open carry state and actively threatened the people who work there. And that's not cool. That's not humane. That's really shitty. Like, regardless of whether or not you believe it was a hoax or whatever, conspiracy theories like this actively fuel people, and it only takes just a little bit to set someone off over the edge to feel like they're being slighted or something like that, and it's just dangerous. <laughs> that shit's dangerous, you know? And I'm all for, like, talking about how, like, billionaires are probably shitty people, and how Jeff Bezos ends up getting away with so much shit, and Stuff like that, you know, the stuff that doesn't actively harm people. But a lot of these more recent ones, I think, have just been kind of stupid and idiotic and harmful to the point where, I, I don't know, I'm just turned off from the whole conspiracy theory idea. And I think that just has to do with the Internet, the type of people who are given a platform, the algorithms of all these social media platforms that actively encourage things that inhibit a response so the more people who reply to a Twitter thread or comment on a YouTube video or leave engagement positive or negative, that shit spreads faster than it could have in an era before the internet where really it took research from qualified journalists 
to really make a statement one way or another. And if they were wrong, there were huge consequences to that. Now, there's no consequence for spreading whatever harmful bullshit you want to. Uh, and it feels like more and more, while we, as a public, as a society, were able to kind of discern what was bullshit and what wasn't. Like, you remember your parents telling you don't believe everything you read on the internet, yada yada. But now here we are in 2020 and it's your parents and grandparents buying into dumb shit that they read on the internet with literally no basis whatsoever who don't want to research where these claims come from and who listen to somebody like Alex Jones or some conspiracy YouTuber and take them for legitimate and actual science and legitimate and actual research. And again, that's harmful. And I feel like these past four years, especially with the with the current president that we've had, has just misspread a whole bunch of awful ideas about people who come from other borders, people who come from other cultures, people who are different on the gender spectrum and sexuality spectrum. These awful stereotypes, you know, that we've heard over and over and over again. And you don't think like, oh, well, that doesn't affect me personally, but it does to other people who are susceptible to that sort of shit. And it's like, honestly... As far as I'm concerned, like if there's an issue pertaining to me and what's going on in my life, I'm just going to talk to the person or the thing that has actively like harmed me. I'm going to say what I need to say and I'm going to move on because it's just not a thing that needs to be like outed in a public space, right? It's not something that needs to be like a monetary gain from this oh i have beef oh i have drama oh i i think i know about a conspiracy let me air it out to the whole world to make money off of like that just seems shitty to me it seems shitty and you would think people would be able to like see through those clear and obvious motivations uh but people don't for whatever reason or another we believe people on youtube and twitter and facebook more than we do the qualified journalists who have been working in this sort of field and who have a college education and a college degree and i'm not saying that these type of people are always right or always correct. Uh, they have been known to make mistakes from time to time. And sometimes people on the internet and people on Twitter and Facebook end up solving some things and actively like pushing progress forward. But those moments are so few and far between. And it feels like most of the time it's just shitty nonsense. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to believe in your Bigfoot, you know, you want to talk about aliens you want to talk about the the airports? There's a lot of good airport conspiracies that I highly suggest looking into. Is it the Denver one? You want a conspiracy theory that's like actually fun? There's like a Denver... I think it's the... Is it Denver? Uh, conspiracy... Yeah, I think it's the Denver airport. Has like a lot of wacky, wacky shit. <laughs> and like off-putting art and stuff. Yeah, like some weird ass shit. Look, in, look into that. And that's a fun conspiracy. Uh, but, but be aware, right? Depending on who you talk to and where you get your information from. Really like actually dissect and like research and validate whether or not a lot of these conspiracy theory claims are true or not. And if they're not, like, don't go on Twitter spreading misinformation. Like, that's the least you could do, right? Even if you personally believe it but aren't sure, maybe don't go actively spreading that on the internet for people to buy into. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's just gotten miserable and yucky, especially with this election stuff that I'm just kind of tired of hearing it. 
And uh, I want to know if you guys are too. Let me know, you know, on, on Twitter or any other social media. Link in the description below. Give me your opinions on this, you know. And uh, if you do believe in some fun conspiracy theories, let me know which ones. I'm, I'm typically very much into alien stuff, weird airport things, you know. I can talk a little JFK with you. I don't know much, but I could talk about some of those things. Others, not as much. Anyway, with all that being said, now that I have spent the first 16 minutes of this podcast talking about the election and conspiracy theories, uh, I want to now shift over toward my birthday. Because, yeah, uh, my birthday happened uh, November 7th, in case you wanted to know what day it was. Uh, I'm 23 now, which is nuts. I feel old. And I keep telling people that I feel old. And the the typical response is, oh, well, wait till you're 40 or wait till you're 30 or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, that probably will be miserable. So <laughs> I don't know. I feel old at 23. What do you want me to say? It's just how I feel. But I'm 23 now. And we ended up uh, spending a lot of the day, you know, hanging out, being a family. I ate a lot of good food. I ate a lot of good food. We went back to... Outback Steakhouse last night, and I got like some good ass baby back ribs and some pub mac and cheese. And dear lord, I ate way too much food, but it was worth it. I always like eating out uh, and getting some like really expensive ass meats. Whew, that's all you need. That's all you need to push me over. And we had even more food at home. We ended up going with like a finger food theme. So there was like shrimp and cheese and pepperoni and the vegetable tray that kind of just sat in the fridge, but mostly inclusive finger foods. Had my grandparents over. They ended up giving me like a new alarm clock. And usually I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, an alarm clock. This one's actually pretty cool because the it's it's like an oval sort of shape almost. That's the best way I can describe it. And of course you have the time in the middle, but then all around it is this like RGB colorful like thing that goes on and it just fades through different colors so like I'm looking at it over at the corner of my room and it's this massive thing but it just shifts from like green to blue to red and stuff like that and then you can stop it on a color or go super fast through them or whatever and it's like really neat it charges your phone there's like an aux cable attachment so you could listen to music and stuff like that it's honestly really cool and then they also gave me some uh those cable ties so I can mess with my console shelf even more. They're in a bunch of different sizes so I can tackle which ones I need and not have to use ones that are too big or, or too small or anything like that. And then obviously the big purchase, the thing I've been saving for the end here, I got a, I got a new TV. I know. I got a new TV. It's a 50-inch Toshiba Fire TV, 4K. Got everything you need. It ended up being like $250 which is actually fairly cheap. I remember not even that long ago when 4K TVs were like this new expensive thing that like nobody could afford and they were in super small inconvenient sizes. But nowadays, shoot, you go over to Best Buy, you can get like a 43 inch for like $200, right? And uh, they all have these smart features and stands and super slim bezels and stuff like that. And then I ended up uh, taking a soundbar that my parents weren't using and just put it under it for that really good sound quality. And now I have a whole TV set up just in my room. Uh, the unfortunate thing 
about it though currently is that while it's awesome and it's great and I've enjoyed using it and I've played a couple of games on it and stuff, hooked up my Netflix and Plex accounts and everything, I don't have a stand to put it on. So I was talking earlier about how there, like, there's this cove in my room and how I wanted this TV and sound bar, but I also wanted a big entertainment center with shelves so I can put games and stuff on it and have it you know, a little bit higher off the ground. But we couldn't find one of those. Uh, we tried looking at Goodwill and all these furniture places and just couldn't find anything that would actively like fit that area. So now it's just kind of on the floor, just kind of sitting there on the carpet. And, you know, I can still see it from my bed. It's 50 inch, but I have to look down at it. And I don't really like it being on the ground because we do have a dog in the house, Bo. And I'm worried he's going to like run into it or knock it over because these TVs are so thin nowadays. They're not these big ass bulky ones that I've been using for years and years and years. So it's just kind of sitting there on the floor. But, you know, I, I like watching some YouTube videos. I, you know, watched a couple of live streams on Twitch. You can hook up your Twitch account to it. And yeah, the 4K, the 4K shit's outstanding. Uh, I'm going to have to fiddle around with the settings a little bit more to kind of figure out how I want it to look exactly. You know, fix with the, the, the brightness and contrast and shit like that and the color accuracy and stuff. But uh, no, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. And if I don't enjoy it in the next three or four days, I can return it and get a new one. Because Best Buy just has that with TVs. So that's really dope. But that's all I ended up getting for my birthday. Uh, it was just a lot of good food, an alarm clock, some cable ties, and a TV. And that was about it. Uh, I thought about potentially getting some PC stuff. I know I talked about that on a previous episode of Aiden on Anchor. But I think I'm probably just going to save that for Christmas. Uh, I did have a little bit of money that was given to me from that. And of course, I've been saving money for it. So I think what I'm going to do is take some of my saved money and spend that toward a couple of the cheaper PC parts. And then once Christmas comes around, get the rest of them. And then by the end of the year, I'll have that new computer. Because that's the thing about having a November birthday. You can get what you want. And then like a month later, you get the other half. So it's always kind of split into two parts for me is the birthday November stuff and then the actual Christmas stuff so November just kind of wanted the TV just kind of wanted a soundbar have that whole thing set up December we're really going to be pushing for that PC I already have like 200 or so dollars in savings and I pretty much want a PC that's around the 500 600 dollar range so we're just going to kind of keep saving I'm selling things on offer up try to get a little bit more money in between that so I can get what I need. And if push comes to shove, I can take a couple of parts out of this old computer, reuse some stuff that I can, sell off parts that I don't need, and potentially push my way forward. But I'm really looking forward to getting a new computer. I've had this one since 2016 or around, so it's been the computer that I've had for all of Blue Catch Productions. But definitely as time has gone on, it's just kind of been a nuisance. It's really loud. All the fans are spinning in there constantly. It's a huge ass case with not a lot of room to put things in. And I'm a generation or two behind. So for those people who are like, well, why don't you just upgrade one or two specific parts? I can't. Uh, I have to get a new motherboard. I have to get a new CPU. I have to get new RAM. I have to get a new power supply. Like, And at that point, it just makes more sense to actually buy all the parts and build it myself. Uh, because this thing is also a pre-built. So there's cheaper components in here that I know are not going to last. And it served me well for four years, but I think I'm ready to like move on and get something a bit more professional looking, something a bit quieter, something with a bit more power and juice so that I can do things like play Fortnite and stream. 
at the same time uh, be able to run some more demanding games and such. So, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do for Christmas. But as for my birthday, it was a fun and pleasant time. I enjoyed spending it with my family and grandparents. I even had Ethan call, which was fun, wishing me happy birthday and stuff. He was eating some, like, Red Robin fries or whatever. Like, they'd, they'd went to Red Robin, ordered food, and then, like, brought home some leftover fries and shit. So it was just nuts. I don't... They're big on leftovers over there. I, I, I just don't know how to explain it. So, I don't know. Yeah, that was my 23rd birthday. Figured I'd let you know. I'm a year older now, uh, which does not feel good. But, hey, at least I'm not Zach. He's, like, what, 85 right now, currently? So... I'm a, I'm a big, big, big gap in between that. So hopefully it'll be a couple of years before I get as old as Zach. Uh, and then I'll be really old at that point. And, you know, I can't imagine how he's able to function nowadays just with, you know, him being in a wheelchair and at the senior center and stuff like that. It, it, it really is impressive how much he's able to get done despite being that old. But uh, I guess I'll save that for another time. That'll do it for this episode of Aiden on Anchor. We ended up talking about the election, conspiracy theories, and my 23rd birthday. Shout out to everybody who listened to this. Thank you for supporting me and my content. I'm working on more videos. If you want to see more of my stuff, uh, links in the description below. And hey, there's also that support button, which I can now use those finances. I talked about in the last episode, but now I have a, a Chime account so I can take the money that I've made for Maiden on Anchor and actually put it on my card. So shout out to Jay the Zoomster for supporting me that way. Shout out to Carrie Knight for supporting me on Patreon. And thank you all for listening. I'm Aiden, the Blue Catch Productions, and I'm signing off. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.